In the name of Jesus, amen. It's probably not a shock to learn that elite athletes can have a fragile ego. An amazing college athlete gets passed over in the first round of a professional draft. Madden releases the newest version and they come out with their ratings for all the NFL players and grown men take to social media to complain about how they were rated compared to some of their competitors. ESPN will come out with the top 100 athletes in the NFL, put Patrick Mahomes number one and Justin Jefferson number two, and, and Sports Illustrated will come out with the same list and switch them around. And they will use that. They will use that as a chip on their shoulder, as motivation in those competitions, as an incentive to, to, to drive them and to, to perform during a long, difficult season. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Jesus doesn't have a fragile ego. He's not insecure. He's not questioning who he is. It's not for his benefit at all that he asks this question. He wants the disciples to know. He wants them to wrestle with all of the competing ideas and claims that are out there about who he is. Jesus wants them to sort through all the noise and to come to a firm conviction about his life and about his work. And that's why Jesus then and follows that up right away and says, who do you say that I am? That's the important question. That we know, that we confess, and that we can say, that we can live with conviction of who Jesus is. The blessing, the benefit is for us when we confess Jesus the Messiah. We'll come back to what the disciples say in just a minute, but at first, uh, it, it helps to, to, to notice what the disciples respond about what other people say about Jesus. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. Notice that's all very complimentary. John the Baptist had huge crowds hanging on his every word. Uh, Elijah was one of the most powerful prophets, recognized as a powerful prophet at a dark time in Israel's history. Jeremiah boldly and, and courageously proclaimed God's message of doom at a time when, when Jerusalem was, just years before Jerusalem, was about to be destroyed and the Israelites taken off into exile. What they're recognizing is that Jesus is more than just an ordinary person. He, he's a special person, maybe a heaven-sent person. But there's something glaringly missing, isn't there? There's something conspicuously absent about who they say Jesus is. I, I bet if you made that same, uh, if you asked that same kind of question today, you'd get a lot of positive answers. Who do people today say that Jesus is? Uh, you know, Jesus has a very high approval rating today. You can't say the same thing about church or Christians. And I think part of that is that. Um, Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And we live at a time when we're told that there is no one truth that is equally valid for all people everywhere. So your opinion then becomes your truth. What you believe, that's what is real. And I think people have this favorable opinion about Jesus because they can take Jesus 
and they can squeeze him into whatever they're hoping for in life. They can try to, to, to get him to match up with their expectations and their needs for life. Jesus relieved pain, soothed people in their suffering. That is something that is timely. Uh, Jesus confronted people in power and authority be, because of their corruption and their hypocrisy. That will always be needed. Jesus provided knowledge and understanding for people so they could be better versions of themselves. They could be more generous to the people around them. That is something our world desperately needs. And yet, our world's answer to who Jesus is leaves a, a glaring omission, something conspicuously absent. It makes me think of a timeless quote by C.S. Lewis, the, the Christian author, who said that Jesus uh, can be a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. He was responding to the claim a lot of people say that Jesus is a great moral teacher or an ethical example to follow. He said, a kind of person who says what Jesus said, and if he really believed he was the Son of God and he wasn't, then he's crazy. If Jesus accepted worship and praise as the Son of God and he knew he wasn't, then he's a liar. In either case, we can't say he's a great moral teacher or a, an ethical example. But if Jesus is who he says he is, then the only appropriate response is to fall on our knees and worship him as Lord. We need to see that disconnect. If, if we take that, that key, that crucial ingredient out of it, then, then we're missing out on so many blessings of confessing Jesus as Messiah. Think about it this way. If Jesus could provide all kinds of knowledge because that's what people think they need in life, but there's no way we could ever know everything there is to know. Jesus could give you all kinds of um, hints and life hacks to, to do life better, and yet there are still some things that are just too big for us to handle on our own. Uh, things like hurricanes, wildfires, earthquakes, global pandemics. Jesus can alleviate pain and suffering, and yet we know that we will all face sickness, disability, death. We can be the best version of ourselves and use Jesus to get there, and yet we still have no definitive standard of what it means to be good person or good enough for God. We, we can have Jesus um, match up with all of our expectations and everything that we think we need in life and still leave us confused and uncertain. The biggest questions in life still unanswered. why it's important that Peter gave the right answer. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Disciples are often like Peter, saying the right thing, but not always knowing what it is we're saying. We can have the right information up in our heads. We can hear the right words coming out of our mouths, but we don't always grasp what it is that we're saying. And if we... And if we, don't, if we don't completely comprehend what it means that Jesus is the Messiah, then we're shortchanging ourselves of those benefits, those blessings. 
of Jesus as a Messiah. What I mean is there's a difference between knowing and experiencing something. Uh, you can watch the news and hear about all the studies that, that, that show the benefit of getting eight hours of sleep last night. Yet if your alarm clock went off this morning before you had those eight hours, you know, it's not the same as waking up fully refreshed in your body and recharged in your mind to face all the challenges of the day. Your cousin can tell you uh, about his efforts to, to cut out pop and candy bars and bypass McDonald's and instead pack his own meals to take to work every day. And you can picture what that, what that must be like. And yet, unless you're making those healthy choices in your life, you don't get the benefit of increased energy and improved mood that comes from dropping those 20 pounds. Your, your neighbor can tell you about the most amazing pizza place that she discovered just nearby and, and describe in detail the, the ambiance and the atmosphere and the ingredients and, and the baking process. And, and your mouth can start watering, but until you get a taste you don't know something that, that put dominoes in a completely different category. We can go to Sunday school and, and know the facts about the Christian faith. We can go through confirmation and be able to give all the right answers about religious questions. We can, we can make coming to God's house a, a top priority, a, a regular habit, so that we can give the basics of the Christian faith backwards and forwards. We can know all of that and still deprive ourselves the benefits of confessing Jesus as the Messiah. Maybe we take a step back here. What does Messiah mean? Messiah means anointed. When Messiah is the word in Hebrew, Christ is the word in Greek. Different translations use those terms interchangeably, but they both mean that God picks somebody out and puts them in an office and then gives them a special mission to carry out. Jesus is the Messiah because he's the only one that God appointed and set apart to, to enact that rescue mission for all of fallen humanity. Peter says he's the son of a living God because God himself had to come into this world to, to take on, head on, all of those faulty expectations and all those misguided hopes about what Jesus, Messiah, should do for us. You know, Peter doesn't fully grasp this until, until he sees armed guards leading Jesus away and then put on trial by Israel's religious courts. He, he, he won't be able to wrap his mind around this until he's there at the foot of the cross watching Jesus' brutal execution. And then shocked as he's standing in a locked room and Jesus miraculously, amazingly appears before them. Risen from the dead. And when we have that ultimate mission of Messiah in mind, then we can do more than just identify who Jesus is. There, there are some jobs where you have to have certifications. Uh, you go from uh, an apprentice to journeyman to a master. You have to pass a test, and it's not just a, to put the right answers on paper or in a computer, but to be able to have skills that you can put to use. And in the medical field, you have to, to keep current with certifications every, every few years because the medical field is changing. The amount 
of, of information and discoveries are, are changing, and you have to be able to adapt your, the way you care. You administer that care to patients along with that. Jesus, Jesus says that Peter is blessed when he confesses Jesus as the Messiah. Blessed means something more than just happy because you've had all of your expectations met. Happy, blessedness is, was described by one author as transcendent happiness. In other words, joy that doesn't depend on your circumstances, contentment that isn't dependent on what's going on in your life, that's what's going on around you. Jesus said Peter is blessed uh, that he will build this church uh, on the rock of Peter's confession. The gates of hell will not overcome that and then will be given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. It's a blessing of knowing. You know Jesus. Then you don't have to be always upset and uncertain about who Jesus really is. He's your Messiah. It, it, it's the blessing of knowing that, that all the forces of evil, all the spiritual forces out there won't overcome those who put their faith in Jesus. It means that you get access to heavenly blessings right now, the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus, sins forgiven, life with God, and you get to share that freedom with the souls who are entrapped in doubt and uncertainty in your life. You get to spring them from the dungeon of sin, from the the prison house of unbelief. That's why it's important to do what the disciples did. They were actually in tune to what people were saying. They, they were paying attention to what people said about Jesus. And, and I'm not saying that we just need to be absorbed by what people say in TV and movies and media, but real people. And, and here's, the, here's my issue, here's my challenge, to not jump in and correct them right away when they tell you something that's wrong about Jesus, but to listen long enough, to hear them out, to understand what it is their expectations are, their, their hearts are yearning for. So then we can share Jesus, the Messiah. A Messiah who didn't just come to take away pain and suffering, but took on the suffering of the entire world, the pain that we deserved as punishment for all of our sin, the guilt and the shame that we have no way of getting ridden. The Messiah who, who came to, to not just teach us how to live better lives, but to live a perfect life in our place. The, the Messiah who didn't just teach us to be the best versions of ourselves, but gave us his perfection, his righteousness as a gift to give us that freedom. I know with limited exception that the football season hasn't actually started yet. And so everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Your, your, your neighbor can tell you that the, the high school team was going to win conference this year. A newspaper columnist can quibble about the top 25 preseason college rankings. A radio talk show hosts can get overly enthusiastic about a rookie who made a great performance in a preseason game. And yet we can't prove or disprove any of their opinions until a few weeks, maybe a few months, into the seal. Jesus is more concerned with something bigger than just 
letting God's people spout out about their spiritual opinions. He wants you to have conviction. Certainty of your conviction. The certainty in who he is, a kind of certainty that is unavailable to you in any other aspect of your life. To have the freedom that you don't have to chase around after every latest religious opinion. To have the assurance that your confession of Christ cannot be defeated. That you you will not be vindicated by the spiritual forces of evil out there, that you have hope and that you have access to all of heaven's benefits right now. That you can take that, that heavenly hope and bring it down to give you peace and joy and certainty for every day that you face as God's people. To have the blessing of knowing Jesus, your Savior, the world's true Messiah. Amen. And the peace of God that surpasses our understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.